Thanks for listening to the CT Podcast, a ministry of Church Triumphant, another opportunity for you to be equipped and encouraged to win, disciple, and send. For further information, go to www.churchtea.org. If you're like me, the idea of time is kind of be frustrating. And uh, when appointments get changed or things get kind of moved around, I get kind of flustered. I'm a guy who, who kind of flies by the seat of my pants and therefore I don't get a lot done. Unless I put some things on a calendar, unless I really put, my, put, put effort to it. And uh, th- th- it becomes frustrating when things get kind of moved around. At the same time, there's great elation in my life when things happened and I've pushed towards something. I've marked something down and I've worked towards it. And it happens. There's something really gratifying about that. There's another pastor in town, uh, a friend of mine, a couple of us hang out together, and one of my pastor friends calls the other pastor friend the white rabbit. Call him the white rabbit pastor. You know why? Because he's extremely punctual. He's so punctual, he makes you feel like he's late to everything. And he seems like the rabbit from Alice in Wonderland. And when you mess with his schedule, he gets really messed up. Nobody else in this room is like that, am I right? Time, am I right? Time's not an issue for anybody? The other day, God, God's infamous for messing up our schedule, you know what I mean? And so, I, I do, I, some of you may or may not know, one of the things I do with my calendar is I put, a, I put a day a month on the calendar where I don't come to the office, where I don't do anything that's normal, and what I do is I grab a Bible, I grab something, I listen to worship music on, and I grab a notebook and a pen, and I leave town. And I spend the day praying, and I just try and get away from everything. Well, that, the, my day in May when I did that, I was kind of in a truncated schedule because I had a kid who needed to be at the doctor's appointment. My wife didn't take all of them, so I had to kind of be home kind of early, go to the doctor. And I go in, my, my normal mode of operation is to walk into a local restaurant as I'm driving back into town, grab a glass of tea, sit in the corner and debrief my prayer time and make some notes and maybe make some contacts and do some stuff like that. I had like a half an hour. I didn't have a lot of time. I walk in and I'm such a regular at the restaurant. The manager sees me coming, has a glass waiting on me. And I'm like, hey, she's, I'm like, so who do I owe that? She said, you don't owe anybody for anything. You go back in that corner and go do what you do. I said, sweet. And I look over in the corner, and there's an, over in this one booth, there's a, there's a guy I know I've just made a recent acquaintance with, and I thought, I don't have time to talk to him. And so I fling up my hand, hey, and I keep walking. And I go find a corner, back in the, and I kneel down in the booth way far, hoping. I saw he had on his work uniform, and I thought, maybe he doesn't have time to mess with me. And so I, I get all the way down, and I sit, and I start, and all of a sudden I look up at the end of the table, and guess what? Hey, man, what's up? He proceeds to tell me that the day before, his wife had asked him for a divorce. And so I had a choice. I could brush it off and be about my schedule, or I could look at him and say, have a seat, let's talk for a minute. So I'm going to have a seat, let's talk for a minute. Took my iPad and closed it up. And it just turns out that where he was, the message I had preached on Sunday morning just spoke right into his, right into his heart. He sat there with tears streaming down his face. We had a chance to pray together right in the restaurant. And so I, I could get really frustrated because my time got messed up, right? But I have to understand that God's sometimes at work when things seem messed up. I mean, I, I, think, I think we all of us do stuff like that, right? Many of us get frustrated when, when things get interrupted, right? When, when something unforeseen pops up. 
right? I mean, I think, I think if people and purposes, we talked about a couple weeks ago, cause us problems, another thing that gives us a ton of frustration is time or the lack of it or the mismanagement of it or when things mess with it, right? Nobody, I'm not talking to anybody, right? I mean, all of you have got time figured out, right? Huh? All of you guys just got it. I got, I got my stuff handled, right? Many of us spend so much time being disappointed about, about how things have happened that, that, that we get frustrated. We, 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 we can't live life the way we're supposed to. Many of us spend time being disappointed about who stiffed us, left us hanging high and dry. Many of us spend time disappointed on what, 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 when our schedule didn't work out or when the life plan didn't pan out the way we wanted it to. And today, we're going to look at the book of Ecclesiastes. We're going to learn something today. There's a greater one making the appointments, so don't be disappointed. There's a greater one making the appointments, so don't be disappointed. Are you hearing that? Let's look at Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Uh, and we'll start reading at verse 1. Some words we just read on the screen, actually. It says this, For everything there is a season, a time for every activity under heaven. Now watch the ebb and flow here of these words. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to harvest. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build up. A time to cry and a time to laugh. A time to grieve and a time to dance. A time to scatter stones and a time to gather stones. A time to embrace and a time to turn away. A time to search and a time to quit searching. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear and a time to mend. A time to be quiet and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. As we look at these words, I want you to understand something. We can misunderstand what's appointed and become disappointed. If we misunderstand what is appointed, we become disappointed. And the reason I say that is because if you look back at the first verse, there are two words there. There's a word season, it's translated into English, and a word that's translated as time. And then down through the rest of the passage, you'll find time being said numerous times. And here's, here's what you need to know about those two words. Both of them, in every commentary you can look at, every Bible dictionary you can look at, the, the original Bible was written, the, the Old Testament was written in Hebrew, so the words is translated season, another word is translated time, have almost an identical definition. And what you find out when you're looking at those words is that God oversees, listen to these letters, A-double-L-L. That's four, L, that's four L's, right? All, all the affairs of humanity, every one of them. But he just doesn't oversee them. He's appointing the times and the seasons we ourselves are in. He's appointing them. There's a season and a time. Each refer to not just a, a chronological, just movement of time forward. They have very specific specifications, like an appointment you put on your calendar. A definite beginning, a definite ending. A definite, there's, defin, there's definition there. And this is not just an Old Testament concept. In the book of Acts, in chapter 17, Paul stands with a bunch of philosophical people in Athens, Greece, at a place called Mars Hill or the Areopagus. And they're, they're, they're debating the, the philosophy about the meaning of life. 
And as Paul begins to try and find a way to declare the gospel to them, he, he, he finds this image of what they call the unknown God. And he thought, I'm going to tell them who Jesus is. I'm going to use that to tell them who Jesus is. And he, he begins to describe this idea. And he says some very specific things, that there's this God in heaven. And he says this, he has determined the parameters and the boundaries by which men live. And he says some famous words we hear quote a lot. It's in him we live. It's in him we move. It's in him we have our being. And so it's, it's not just an Old Testament concept. It's a New Testament concept. One of my favorite passages of Scripture is Psalm 37. And verse 23 and 24, if I have a life verse, this is probably it. It says this, that the steps of the godly are ordered of the Lord. He delights in all the details of their lives. So even these things, when we look at this bouncing back and forth, if you, if you would, there's this really kind of, kind of weird ebb and flow contrasting thoughts and ideas, aren't they? And another thing we have to understand is if, if, we, if we get a, disappointed because we understand appointments, then the other priest is this, just because they aren't what we ordered doesn't mean they're disordered. Just because it's not what we had planned or what we asked for doesn't mean that God hasn't worked something out. I want you to think about this. There, there's this ebb and flow. And here, here's, here, if, you, if you go back and forth, he says, there's a time to be born and we love that. Life, yes. But in the same breath, he says, there is a time to die and we hate that. There, there's a time to, 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 to harvest, and but we feel good about that because that means we're going to get something. But there's a time to plant, and that means struggle, and that means work, and that means sweat. We're not so crazy about that, right? There, there's a time to kill. We can't even imagine that, but the Bible says there is. But there's also a time to heal, and we're awesome with that. Yes, heal, heal. There's a time to tear down, and that sounds awful. A time to build up, that sounds great. A time to cry, oh, a time to laugh. Ooh, I love to laugh. No, no, no. Okay. And I love Mary Poppins, by the way. And a, a time to grieve and a time to dance, right? Scattering and gathering, embracing and turning away. All of that, tear and mend, quiet and speak, love and hate, peace and, and war. Even God's lined, up, lined those out. Isn't that hard for us to get our minds around, doesn't it? Isn't it? Right now, where you are, God is setting certain things in order on purpose. David writes a similar thing in, in Psalm 23. He says, the Lord is my shepherd, I, I shall not want. And then he begins to describe almost a similar thing that Solomon described in Ecclesiastes 3. In a place of green pastures and still waters, he's my shepherd. In the valley of the shadow of death, he's my shepherd. He anoints my head and my cup overflows. Even when there's enemies around, he prepares a table for me. And one thing David's absolutely sure of in all this is this. Goodness and mercy follow me in every chapter. All the days that I live, goodness and mercy follow. And we have a hard time wrapping our minds around where we are and why things happen and, and all this. And somehow there's this God in heaven who is, who is working things out for his glory and for our benefit. And sometimes it just doesn't make sense. 
Sometimes it just, it, we're, we're trying to figure it out. Just because things aren't what we ordered doesn't mean they're disordered. God's leading in, in every circumstance of life. But let me understand something else. The only way we can understand this is to have a different point of view. We have to have the view that a greater one is making the appointments and therefore we don't have to be disappointed. A greater one is making the appointments. We have to believe that. Now, the, I said last week that sometimes we get messed up because we have a human-sided view of things. And the best thing we can do is be, become, begin to have a heavenly-aided view of how our life looks. Remember the story about the plowman? Remember that? Like it just seemed rote and mundane, but God was at work in that. If we, we, we could have bring eternity into focus. Because of eternity, there is beauty in our current opportunity. Because of eternity, there is beauty in our current opportunity. And you're going to start saying, but Aaron, you don't know. And I'm doing this and I'm doing that. Can I say something to you right now? Me too. There's a church I, I, I listen to a lot online called Flatirons, and they wear, these they wear these t-shirts that just says, me too, period. And it's like, I'm going through stuff, and it's kind of like, me too. We're in this all together. Me too. And, 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 and we, 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 can, we can lose sight of it. Let's read Ecclesiastes 3, 9 through 11. What do people really get for all their hard work? Solomon says, I have seen the burden God has placed on us all. Seems hard and difficult. And see, if you, if you concentrate on just merely gaining stuff, you're going to be very frustrated. You're going to be very tired. You're going to be very wore out. If, it all, if all you live to do is to gain, that's it. That's all that there is, is to accumulate notoriety or accumulate money or accumulate possessions or accumulate, I don't care. I, I heard the other day I shouldn't just pick on women. There's a guy here in the, in the congregation who loves shoes. He'll remain nameless, but he might be sitting on this side. <laughs> and, 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 and if you're just trying, to, then you're going to miss it. Because Solomon's in this thing where he's, he's getting a grip on things, and he goes back to what do I get out of it? What do I, and, and you become very frustrated. But verse 11, there's a big, there's, whenever there's a yet or a but in Scripture, God's about to show you something pretty intense, usually. And he goes, so I have seen the burden God has placed on us. Oh, it's heavy. It's hard sometimes. I can't, life is difficult. Blam. And then verse 11, he goes, yet. Now listen to that. That's a beautiful word. Yet. God has made everything beautiful for its own time. The only way you can see how beautiful things might be is through the, the concept that God's at work. Verse, he goes on to say, he has planted eternity in the human heart. The only way you can find beauty in this opportunity you're in right now is to view your life not by human standards, not by temporary standards, but by eternal standards, by heaven standards. Right now, your life may be horrible, but God's working something bigger than just what's comfortable or convenient or easy or fun right now for you. And you can find beauty in this opportunity if you will lock in on eternity. But you got to lock in on that. Because if this is all that there is, we are of most people to be pitied. If this is it, 
oh, I, I, there, there, there's got to be more, right? Our connection to the eternal and the good shepherd allow us to find beauty even in the temporary and even in the difficulty. That's, that's the Bible. That's the gospel. The, the way to detect beauty is to perceive it through the lens of eternity. If we look at everything through merely carnal eyes, it becomes diminished, it becomes corrupted, it rusts, it fades, it goes away. But if I look at things through an eternal perspective, the things that remain in that lens, in that filter, are things that remain forever. And I can find the beauty in that. I want you to think about something. Matthew 28, Jesus is speaking to his, to his guys as he's about to leave the planet. And they're really getting, they're, they, have, they have the tendency to become frustrated. The Bible says even in that moment, some of them doubted. They were having issues. Jesus looks at them and says, I'm giving you a job to do. Go make disciples. Then he says something really profound that we quote all the time, but I'm not sure we live it and, and walk it out like, like we really believe it. He says, lo, I'm with you always, even to the end. And some translations say age, some translations say world, whatever. Here's the thing. When most of us think about what happens at the end, it's not real, a real pleasant picture, is it? You've seen all those things on History Channel and wherever else, you know, apocalypse, you know, ten ways the world could end, you know, all that stuff, right? And we, we think about it, and when Jesus offers these kind of ideas, he's saying this, regardless of how bad it gets, I'm with you. Don't look at how bad things are from this perspective. Look at I am with you. And there's something better waiting for you. This may be different, but I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. That's why David says, goodness and mercy follow me in the green pastures. It follows me in the, in the valley of the shadow of death. It follows me when my cup overruns and my, and my joy is full. It follows me when, when, my, when, when I'm in a, surrounded by enemies and there's a, he has to prepare a table for me. It's still good because he's with me. Boy, those are powerful words, man. But here's the other part of the equation. He's planted eternity in the human heart. And he goes, but, there's a yet, and there's a but. Rose in the same, in the same sentence. But, even so, people cannot see the whole scope of God's work from beginning to the end. We should expect some mystery. See, here's the deal. He is God. You are God not and if you can perceive and conceive everything he's up to and what he's doing you just put yourself on his level so even when you think you got it you don't have it even when you think you got it figured out you don't even when you think you know just the right scriptures to chant and just the right prayer to pray and even when everything i just flow a plus b equals c and it doesn't there's still some mystery involved god's 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 he better be so big i can't figure him out do you get that? He better be so big and so up to something that I can't sort all of it out. Or he's not God at all. And if he is a God, he's not a very good one. If I can sort him out, if I can understand everything he's doing. Listen, I, 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 I used to be able to do calculus. My brain doesn't captivate that anymore, but God's got that nailed. Huh? God understands what's out there in the universe that we can't even get anything near remotely close to send him something to go find out that's how big he is he just spoke and bam that stuff happened it's been accelerating in every direction ever since 
Isaiah 55, 8, 9 reads like this. My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord. My ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are high, my, so, so, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. You want to know why you have a hard time sorting this out? It's because you have about that big of a picture of everything that's going on. That little dot right there in the middle of my... I referred last week to the picture inside Kosai, right? You remember that? You walk into Kosai Center of Science and Industry in, in, in Columbus. As you're walking, I think, there to the, to the right, as you're walking to the main door, there's a picture of Einstein. If you look at it kind of from a distance, you're like, hey, dude, that's a picture of Einstein. And then when you, when you walk up to the mezzanine level, there's like this viewer thing, and you look at it, and it's actually the pictures of, the pixels are the pictures of just people, families and stuff. And see, our lives in the, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the composite of the kingdom of God and the picture that God is painting for his glory to point people towards Jesus is like that big. And you can't see the whole thing, and you'll never see the whole thing. Here's the thing. We want high definition. You want know high definition TVs? They, they take pixels, and they, they make them so tiny that every detail can be... My kids love Minecraft. I do not understand that. I mean, we have, like, Madden 2017, it looks like you're watching a crazy, a real football game, and my kids want to play Minecraft with those big, blocky people with the pixels that are this big, and they walk around, like, and they don't even look, I mean, I don't even get it. I want high def, man, that's what I want. And see, if I make my life too big, I look like Minecraft. My life's too important, the pixels are too big, it's all about me. I walk around choppy and blocky and it's not very pretty and things are stupid. But if I let God let me be a teeny tiny pixel on the big composite of what he's doing, then, then, then it'll be what it's supposed to be. But it'll be mysterious to me because I can't figure out the rest of the pixels of what they're up to. It's just that one little dot in the middle, it's me. Just one. And he's doing something so much bigger than anything I could imagine, I can get really frustrated because I can only see my little dot. But God's doing something in high death. And it's beautiful. And it's awesome. And I get to be a part of it. Now, now until I've rattled you already, because everything's good, everything, because there's this ebb and flow of change, right? And all of us love change, right? That, that, that's why the ebb and flow of verses 1 through 8 is this bobbing and weaving between good things and bad things, right? Can I encourage you about something? Because of Jesus, there's stability. It's because of him. There's stability in this ever-changing temporary. Hebrews 13, 8 reads like this. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So when the seasons cycle, when the days change, when, when when the times pop up and it feels like it's just a tearing time, eventually a mending time will come around. But trust me, Jesus will be there in both of them. He's not changing. When there's a time to tear down, he'll be there. When there's a time when things are being built up, he'll be there. When there's a time to die, he'll be there. When there's a time to be born, he'll be there. When there's a time for for planting, he'll be there. When there's a time for reaping, he'll be there. He'll be in all of it because he never changes. He's, I'm the Lord your God. I do not change. And so in all of this frustration about time and how things shift and move and stuff like that, there's one thing secure. He is the Lord Jesus Christ. He beckons us to come to him, to walk with him in the shifting sand of life. He wants us to be near him more than anything else. And the reason things shift and change is because we'll be assured nothing else stays the same. 
that nothing else absolutely can be trusted, that no one else can be trusted. No one else is, is, is the eternal shepherd of our souls. He is the only one. And so he is that great shepherd. He's walking us through the tough times of change. He's always, always the same. We can absolutely trust him. That's the point of all of it. That's why God puts eternity in our hearts, because he's the only eternal one, is himself. He was the one from the beginning. He'll be the one standing at the end. He is the Alpha and the Omega. He says, come to me if you're tired and you're weary, and I will give you rest. That's the one I'm talking about. And so today, follower of Jesus, turn to him. If you're not yet a follower of Jesus, can I say something to you? And everything seems like it's just spinning like a ruin. Listen, there's one thing that remains the same. It's him. His love endures forever. Go read Psalm 136. He said, I am the eternal one. I can be, I'm called faithful and true. He says, listen, I will be with you wherever you go. And you need him. If you're unsure of your connection to him, the first thing to do is to connect him. Listen, we've got to recognize our time. And I don't do a very good job of that. You guys are like, yep, it's Memorial Day weekend, Aaron. I don't often do that, but we can if we just do something very, very simple. If we, do, if we're, we can recognize our time if we're not disappointed in our current appointment. Some of you right now are so frustrated about where life is, you can't see the, you, you, you can't see the top from the bottom. Sometimes I'm that way. And I can become very disappointed because I anticipated things would be different. But if I understand God has me where he wants me, I can begin to navigate forward. That doesn't mean the path forward is easy. doesn't mean it's fun. doesn't mean I like it. doesn't mean everything's going to be just peachy. But it does mean his rod and his staff are comforting me. Goodness and mercy are following me. Some of you need to repent of disappointment. Not because you got disappointed, but because you stayed disappointed. You need to find beauty in your current opportunity. Some of you, this comes easy. You're the, half gla- you're, you're the glass half full people or the partly sunny people. Some of you, it, that's a little bit harder. You're the, half, you're the glass half empty or the partly cloudy, right? Huh? But listen, when you put on the lens of eternity, you should be able to find beauty in where you are right now. Things are broken. Listen, God's job, the way God functions, he takes beauty, he takes brokenness, and he makes beauty out of it. It's like a beautiful mosaic. He takes the shards, he puts it back together, and he goes, dude, that's awesome. And we go, dude, that's crazy good. Right? Can I encourage you? Stay focused on eternity, on this journey that you're on. In the midst of everything that's temporary, stay focused on eternity. Don't let the stock market mess with you. Don't, like the go- don't let the gospel in the newspapers mess with you. Don't, like, don't let the stuff of other people are talking about mess with you. Don't let the, the, the rumors around work mess with you. Don't let any... Stay focused on eternity. Don't let your mind get in the way of what God said. Don't let your corrupted, depressed, discouraged heart get in the way of what God said. Stay focused on eternity. Expect mystery on this journey. That's what makes it an adventure, right? We don't know what's coming next. We don't know how it's going to pan out. You guys love those kind of twisty, turny movies. Huh, don't you? How many are like, dude, I'm all in on that, right? Huh? Don't know what's going to happen next, and the adrenaline's pumping, and you're the one who jumps like over the seat in the cinema when the, boo, you know, you're just, that was awesome. And you know, you know what I mean? That's what makes life worth living is we don't know how it's all going to pan out. And that's what makes us trust God. 
And if I could say one last thing, let Jesus alone, him alone, be your stability. Let Jesus and only Jesus, not some human relationship, not, what, not something you can get out of life, not something you can gain, not some accomplishments you can make, not, not, not how you can manage your schedule or your checkbook or, or whatever. Not, don't let any of that be what keeps you stable. Let Jesus and Jesus himself be only it. We can help others overcome if we'll do these kind of things. You want the world to change? Find a group of people who can apply these things and live them out. It'll be different. It'll be different. Because we're only given a... Here's the scary part, man. We're only given a a specified piece of time, y'all. Right now, the clock is ticking. There is a time to be born and there is a time to die. And it's clicking. It's clicking right now. We're sitting here inside this building and the seconds are running off. And we'll go this weekend and we'll go to picnics and we'll do stuff and time is clicking off. What are you going to do with the rest of you, whatever you got left? What are you going to do with it? You're going to continue to be angry and unforgiving. You're going to be frustrated about where you are. Are you going to determine that Jesus must be up to something? I got to figure out what it is. I'm going to try and find beauty in this. I'm going to walk in the mystery of it. Or am I just going to be stay stagnant where I'm at? If we'll reach towards Jesus, he'll reach towards And we'll, we'll, we'll find that he is absolutely bigger than every problem we have. He's absolutely bigger than every frustration we've experienced. He's absolutely bigger than any mountain that's going on. But we've got to walk with him through, the, through that mess. Some of you might want to be honest this morning and go, you know what, Aaron? I am very disappointed. Maybe if I, no, you know what? You're not talking to me. Can I be honest? I've become very disappointed with me of late. Anybody else ever get disappointed with, with who you are and how you see life and your, inca- your incapacity to get certain things done or accomplished? Anybody like that? Right here. Wrestling. Wrestling with it right now. Me. Some of you would say, I- I- I've, lo- I've lost the mystery. Anybody like that? I've just lost the mystery of living life. Hmm? Some of you feel like it's been disordered but you don't realize God has ordered it. Sometimes you say, I'm having, a hard, I'm having a hard time detecting the beauty. I'm not focused on eternity like I need to be. Father, look down in our hearts right now. And God, where there's disappointment in this room about how life has panned out. God, I pray, Jesus, you'd be the mender of the brokenness. Lord, I believe your word just told us there's a time to mend, a time to heal. And Lord, I think, Lord, I believe for many of us in this room right now that this is that moment. A time to mend, a time to heal. God, many of us have built up other things in our lives and we've got our focus off of of eternity, God. And for us right now, it's a time to tear some stuff down just to tear it down so you can rebuild some things in our lives, God. Like Patrick talked about, those ditches and those walls. And so Jesus, we ask you, God, to be bigger than all of this stuff. Jesus, you, you, we, we need to put you back as the stability of our lives. You and you alone. 
God, those of us who are already walking with you, God, we repent, God, for allowing disappointment to stay. God, you, we, we, we talked last week about being committed to being content, God. I, I pray, Father, we'd, we, we'd yet be challenged along those lines today. God, I pray, Father, that, God, we just, we, we, we just, we just give it over to you. Jesus, we, we trust you. God, you bought us with a price. We are not our own. And God, so much like children, we think we, we know what's really going on, what life's to be about, and God, we don't. God, so many of us have made decisions for our own kids, and they look at us, and they think we're mean, or we're harsh, or we've inflicted pain, and we could just see something they couldn't see. God, we repent for being childish when you're trying to do something in our lives. God, you want childlike faith, but you also want us to mature and to grow up, God, to trust you more each day. So, God, replace our childishness with childlike faith. God, bring us back to a place where we trust you completely and ultimately, God, that, God, you are working things out. God, every heart in here with disappointment, every heart in here, God, that's lost the mystery, every heart in here who's lost focus, God, every heart in here, God, who's, who's lost their expectation of what you might do, I pray, Father God, you'd pour into them all that they need. By, by the power of your spirit, Jesus, you said you would lead us into truth. God, let our feelings no longer dictate to us. Let, let, let the, the facts and the circumstances around us no longer dictate to us. God, let us be aware, God, that you are with us, that God, you never leave us, you never forsake us. God, I pray, Father God, that by the time, God, we, 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 we walk out of the, this building and we walk into whatever scenarios we're walking back into, that God, we would, our, our hearts would be established, our minds would be established in peace, and your joy would be full and overflowing over us. And so, God, I pray that over your people, and I thank you, Father, for them. It's in your great and strong name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the CT Podcast, a ministry of Church Triumphant, another opportunity for you to be equipped and encouraged to win, disciple, and send. For further information, go to www.churcht.org.